a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, my name is Neil Anderson. Welcome to Return to Real. One of my very favorite guests is on today. I love to pick his mind. It has been a dream of mine to find the people I admire and pick their minds. And Dan John just happens to be one of these guys. You want to look him up, danjohnuniversity.com, at Coach Dan John on Instagram. And then this one was the hardest one, Dan. You know how hard you are to find on Facebook? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to work at it. I, I went looking for you, and I'm like, um, Coach Dan John, Dan John University, Dan John Strength Coach. I was doing it all. It turns out it's Coach Dan John 1. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's how I have to find you. I, I didn't worth know. Worth it to me. It's worth it to me. I'll go looking for you. Heck, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I had no how idea. are you doing? Thanks for joining us. You bet. Doing great. You look good. I've been following you a lot lately. You've been doing a lot of interesting things. Yeah. I want to start here, though, because I think this is the timely stuff. Sure. Um, what's the future of health and fitness in America? How are we doing? What, what's your, what are your thoughts right now? We're six weeks into quarantine. We might be opening in as, as few as eight days. What are your thoughts? How are things going? Well, I'm not sure that's a good idea. I don't think the virus uh, is going to follow the timetable, but... Uh... Well, the future of health and fitness. I think the health of Americans is going to continue to go in a bad direction. Uh, uh, I think when we get done with this whole virus discussion, you know, there's been some interesting, uh, Matthew Tone talks about in a recent article. In fact, they just published something on this, is that the overfat epidemic, uh, the the obesity era, whatever, people who uh, get the flu shot, you know the flu shot? Sure. The, the more fat you have, the least helpful the flu shot is. And I'm worried that when you have something like the COVID-19 thing going on, since it isn't the virus, you know, the virus family of things, is the, over, the, the obesity era and these viri, uh, viruses, viri showing up, are we going to start seeing something along these lines more often? Uh, the, in the era of... Uh, fit as in fit to do a task, I think one of the great blessings of this, what's going on right now, is that most many people have discovered there's no reason at all they go to work. If you can do all your work at home, uh, I have, one of my friends, Lacey, uh, read a thing that productivity has skyrocketed during this time because, the, yeah, me too, uh, the number of distractions you have at work, you know, in fact, I, I don't want to, it, it, we've talked about this a number of people is that 
you get down, you sit at your desk, you go get coffee. Uh, Bob comes over, talks to you about the game. You talk about your kids. You get you get your March Madness thing out. You you talk about your fantasy league, your rotisserie league. You you go online. You look at you know the Dilbert comic. Um, right around eleven o'clock, you get to work. About eleven forty-five, you start taking texts about lunch. And at home, you don't have that. You just get the job done. So I think in the era of fitness, I think actually we might be health and concerned with, and I think the obesity uh, problem is so much more multifaceted than what we like to think. Uh, the amount of microplastics that's in human poop right now is extremely high. So we are consuming a lot of plastic. And that's just not, that, that's not me being a, I'm just saying that is, that is an actual fact. The numbers are going up. Um, does that plastic in your system impact something? Uh, the, the, there's chemicals like BHT and some of the others. Did those impact? The fact that we subsidize, the United States heavily subsidizes wheat, corn, and soy, probably, probably my top three of worthless foods. Uh, we we just, just support those particular grains so much. Does it just... They're so readily available. They're, you know, I'm just wondering if it, 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 those reasons, yes, we walk and do things less than we used to. That's true. But when I was young, you look at pictures of classrooms when I, in, the, in the 60s when I went to school, there's not large children. There's not large faculty members. Yeah, in the, the 70s, you'd find we had that one kid in class that was, that was kind of large genetically. Yeah. My high school football team, we were massively bigger than our opponents, and the big guys on our team weighed 230. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. I'll bet we had one 200-pounder on my team. I grew up in rural um, sure. Box Elder County, but I'll bet okay. we had one 200-pounder. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't break 200 until I was in college, and yet uh, I would work with high school athletes who all weighed 230, and they – and. <laughs> And they didn't move as well as I did. Uh, so, yeah, the future of health, I worry about. The future of fitness, I'm thinking that with the air quality, especially when we're talking here in Utah, the air quality in Salt Lake Valley today, the last month has been the best I've ever seen it. Everyone has noticed the trees. The trees look the best they've looked in a long time. Now, it's spring, I get that. Uh, the birds, uh, Maybe for fitness in general, people staying at home, people are sleeping in more, they're eating home-cooked meals, they're not going to fast food as much. Uh, a lot of my friends are joking about, uh, we're getting notes on our garbage cans from the garbage man with a, with a, with the phone number to AA, which I think is kind of funny because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are drinking a little heavier. <laughs> locked up. And I'll tell you one thing, as a former teacher, if you want to start drinking more, Hang around, hang around your kids. Uh, it, it'd be interesting. I'd love to go back to teaching just for a year because for the last, oh, I don't know, about eight, nine, ten years of my career, every parent was convinced that their child never did anything wrong, was the greatest athlete ever to walk on the planet, and the finest scholar, uh, you know, kind of a Einstein, Jesus of Nazareth, Tarzan, all wrapped into one. And a lot of parents are discovering uh, being around their kid 24 hours a day, uh, they, they might not be the, the, the St. Sebastian they thought they were. <laughs> it is a little self-correcting, isn't it? 
Until that second, until that very second, I hadn't realized what it was about the trees this year. You, you've seen it, but you didn't. I have. I, it didn't sink in. I remember thinking, you know, it's a beautiful time of year, and I don't remember being that kind of, I guess, romantic about driving down the street. Uh, the I went to uh, one of our grocery stores the other day, and the young lady and I were talking. Uh, she's probably in her 60s, just a child. And uh, she she's goes, a little kid. She goes, uh, I think this is going to be the greatest gardening in the, in the history of Utah. And I said, well, that's interesting. I go, why? He goes, everybody's coming in and talking about flowers and should I plant zucchini or should I plant tomatoes? And, and I think that's a lot of that is from what's going on. So, yes, what we're going through is horrible, and my heart goes out to everybody who's been hurt in any way. God bless the people who can't bury their dead. I, as awful as it is to not being able to properly – for the deceased just hits me in a funny level um but uh at the same time i do uh, I, I do see some some good coming out of it so there you go neil i appreciate that i hadn't really even put my finger on the creativity yet so what you were saying is we're more productive i would take that up one little tiny notch and say i don't remember a period of creativity that i've had i've gotten more stuff done for sure but I've also done some creative things. I started the Zoom workouts online at 8 a.m. And I've been thinking about doing that for years. And I've never done it, never done it. And all of a sudden, you're in this place where like, yeah, and then you're thinking, I can do this, and I can do this. And all my friends, my kids are making art. And Lindsay and I are learning to play guitar. And There you go. And, and again, I, so – for me, I think a lot of us, and I'll, I'll be frank, you know, I think part of it is I think most, now we know that most people are having more vivid dreams. Stress causes more vivid dreams, but more people are sleeping, more people are, uh, like this morning, Tiff woke up and I had slow cooked, slow cooked, a delicious oatmeal for breakfast, a 12 hour oatmeal. I spent 12 hours making a five minute meal and yet... Right. So sleep, quality of food. I haven't seen so many people walking in my neighborhood ever. I, I look out the window and it's families. Kids are playing catch. Kids are playing ball. It, it reminds me, honestly, of what it looked like growing up. I said that like a, a week ago. I'm like, this must be what it was like to drive through Bountiful in the 50s. Little kids out everywhere. Lots of noise in the neighborhood. Like you walk through a neighborhood generally and it's just silent. But this week it was like noise and laughing and it was awesome. Well, it's interesting that gas is dropping in price (laughs) where I have absolutely full gas tanks. Yeah. And I'm not going to cry anything for Exxon and Mobile. No. They they, they, They did very well on the backs of a lot of wars. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing about that is I, I hadn't put together the whole, that's why I like talking to you, man, but I hadn't got put together the whole dreaming thing. The other night we wake up and Lindsay turns to me and she's like, um, do you remember hitting me last night? <laughs> I'm like, what? I really didn't remember. And she goes, yeah, you screamed like a child and you, you hit like you were defending yourself from something. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then this morning I did it again. 
smacked her in the backside because I felt like somebody was pushing me and I dreamt that I had to push them away. They're so vivid and I'm moving more. It's, I can't believe, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. Well, and then one small thing, you know, when I, when I go to the stores this time of year, I like to buy, they're called color baskets and the stores put them out They're eight, nine, $10 bowls of flowers. Well, I took the one home yesterday and I put it outside. I actually got four of them, but within an hour, they had all opened up and grew. And within a couple hours, it looked like I should have paid $100 a basket for them. And I was watching this happen. I thought to myself, they were inside in fluorescent lights, who not loved. I let them go on this delicious, beautiful Utah day, and they ballooned. And I thought to myself, you know, I love metaphors, but that's a pretty good metaphor. You know, you get outside, you breathe clean air, you go like that, and you look a little better. Yeah, I'm so. almost hoping it doesn't go all the way back now. Well, in I, I did a, I did a, a lecture this week that'll be up on on YouTube in a couple of days. Where at? What's the where's going to be? Where's it going to be? Uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube account. Um, Dan John. Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe Coach Dan John. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just have look for a few things, folks. Put Coach Dan John. It'll you'll find it. Um, and it's about it. Really, it's about three uh, authors who really influenced me. But one of the things that got me back to, a couple of years ago, I read uh, Mandel Bros quasi-autobiography. He's the guy who came up with the concept of fractals. And he said that change basically comes in three ways. Mild, wild, and no change. Well, it's interesting because, you know, my wife Tiffany was in Manhattan on 9-11. She saw, uh, a friend of hers saw the first plane go in. They screamed out. He screamed out the window. They all ran to the windows. So she saw the second plane crash. So she was freaked out. So 9-11 is a big deal in my family. It took us a long time to get her home. But what are the impacts on the typical American about 9-11? Well, you stand in line a little bit longer to go to the airport. Did it affect Disneyland? No. Did it affect nutrition, exercise? No. As terrible as 9-11 was, the effects were mild. And yet, if you're a Syrian or Iraqi, it would be wild. And one of the things I'm thinking right now, that the the impact of the COVID-19 in some cases might be wild. I think the era of working from home is about to begin. And here's the sad thing, Neil. It should have been this way for, we should have been working at home, I don't want to say 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Sneaking up on 20 years now. Yeah. I thought the same thing about education. I thought education will never be the same. Yeah. Well, we're learning some good lessons, you know. Um, Okay, for example, my wife doesn't waste any gas, uh, tires, battery wear to go to work. She gets up. Most people now, if they're supposed to be at work at 730, they wake up at 709. Uh, Really, it's it's, go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee. Um, if she needs a, if she needs water, she goes to my tap and uses my water. Uh, lunch, uh, I make lunch for her. Sometimes she makes lunch for. Her. Dinner is when she can have dinner if she's supposed to get off at five or whatever it is, and if she wants dinner at five oh one. We can arrange that. If the kids want to come over, my daughters, and they want to eat, 
They can come over at four. We make dinner as a family. We're out on the deck, deck surfing at six. Uh, we're playing catch with the football, whatever. It is insane in a way to think of going back to Tiff rolling out of bed at six, putting on that dry, clean dress, uh, getting in the commute, me driving her down to tracks. She takes tracks in, buys a cup of coffee on the way in, sits down, talks about March Madness for an hour. Yeah, you know, I just, I would, yeah, yes. Are there are there issues? Sure, but there's also there's also some quality of life that's better. Um, we've noticed we go to bed. We, I've always been good about going to bed early because that's just because I like to get up early. But we've noticed that going to bed early is just nothing now. The sun goes down, and we're, I wouldn't say we're on uh, camping time, you know, camp time or cabin time, but we're getting close to it. The sun comes up, I roll out of bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? I'm glad you said this. Listen, my business has been closed for six weeks, and I've got a, I've got a thump in my chest that's different than any thump I've ever felt in my life. It's weird, right? But this talk has helped me. It's made me see some brighter things. It's helped me understand that there are are some good things that are coming from this, and things that now that you said them, I'm not sure I want to give them up. But, an hour ago, Dan, an hour ago, I would have told you, I can't wait to get the doors open. I have to go back to business. My wife and I both work at the same place. Like, we we wanted it bad, but I don't know. You're swinging me. Well, but here's the thing. Uh, there's going to be some things about your 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 the lessons you've learned for your gym uh, during this time that you may want to uh, make part of the gym experience. You know, maybe you – Maybe from now on you have you have the work friendly Zoom workout for your members. It that's the workout that's at seven a.m. The work friendly gym workout. Yeah. For those who have to be at work at eight or nine, uh, maybe you have a Zoom option for the rest of your career. We throw the recording up. You're right. It expanded my offering in a way that I've been meaning to in years and never got around to it. Right. Well, you know, I was. You know, I'm pretty well situated for this kind of thing. I, the, the kind of work I do was is, is I was able to rally up pretty quickly. But I also feel for a lot of my friends who, who aren't in my situation, but here's what's happening. A lot of them are saying, okay, I'm taking this time to, to build this. Uh, my daughter, for example, just got laid off by the university. All right, so she's a kettlebell instructor and she's good. She's taking, so she doesn't have that career. She lost her career this week, you know? So getting back in the kettlebells, she minored in Spanish. She's uh, re reworking on her Spanish degree. She's taken John Berardi's precision nutrition course because she feels that that's a gap in her education. And I sit back and go, you know, honey, you just got punched in the face, but knocked down once, Get up twice, you know. Yeah. And, uh, is this Lindsay? Is that her name? Lindsay, yeah. yeah. Lindsay, where can we find her? People need to know her excellent job. Uh, and the reason uh, I know her name is I've been watching it lately. Right. She's on Instagram as Lindsay Robinson. I'm sure if you find me, you'll find her. In fact, we did a video together. That's, um, what, daughter, that's where I saw her. Yeah. My other daughter, Kelly, is a school teacher. And I got to tell you, kind of broke my heart when uh, – how she felt when she found out she would never teach those 30 third graders again. Yeah. It, it kind of broke my heart. But again, 
this this week she's she's out in the backyard she's planting flowers she's redoing this area and I'm like that's what you do you know I, I think I told you this story before and if I and if I if it, I'm sorry if I have but it's a good one on December 8th, 1941, my, my cousin Johnny, so my mom is the youngest of 13 and I'm the youngest of six. So my family memory stretches long. So my immediate memories are deeper than most. I lost three uncles in the Spanish flu of 1918. Oh, wow. My grandmother died in 1925. So, you know, my, my dad and uncles, I know stories of World War II that aren't most – things about World War II that most people wouldn't know because I was told by the... So December 8th, 1941, um, my mom's family, the McCloskeys, got into the front room and one boy, it went went around the house like this. You're in the Army, you're in the Navy, you're in the Marines. You're in the Army, you're in the Navy, you're the Marines. And the wives and sisters all said, and don't worry, we'll we'll make sure your kids are fine. Hmm. And... um, that's what they did on December 8th. And that's what we should be doing now. We should be saying, you know, I, you go do what you have to do. I'll take care. I'll take care of you. Um, Neil, I'm going to take care of you. Neil, you got to take care of me. That's what we got to be right now. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start coming together as a community. I love, I loved it during 9-11, how that happened. I'm seeing that to some degree right now, but it's different, isn't it, Dan? Like there's also that thing that's going on when you get to the stores where I went to Costco the other day and I didn't wear my face mask and I, I got stank eyed by a few folks. I got scuzzed pretty hard and I thought, you know, this would be such a beautiful time and it could, the things could happen like you're talking about right now if we would all just look each other in the eyes and smile. If we could just add to the collective instead of looking at people. I got, I got a damn Facebook message the other day from a lady that was like, let's do this. Here's a great idea. Why don't we keep track of everybody that's breaking um, social distancing rules? Let's shame them by pointing our cameras at them and uploading it to Facebook. And I thought that is a monumentally bad idea. Yeah, I, I do. I am concerned. And I think it's a top down issue of the blame game. I think, one of the things I don't think in the middle in, in the Middle Ages when they did the blame game with the Black Death, it turned out not only historically wrong but historically inappropriate. You know, so you know it's it, 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 listen. In our lifetime, there's a good chance that a volcano is going to go off, and you know we might have three years of darkness. It happened in the 1700s. It happened uh, in the 1400s. It happened. Uh, there was a forest fire in Canada in the 1700s that darkened Washington, what we now call Washington D.C., for months, months. And I don't remember George Washington writing a note to John Adams. It's you guys' fault. Would you open open the blinds or whatever? Yeah, we got to get out of the blame game, man. Let's move on. I like the questions you asked. Right? You okay, ask. let's do this. Um, I've got to take a little break, and then we'll come back, and we'll run through some more questions. I've got some good ones. Thank you so much for this discussion. I love having you on the show. Folks, you are listening to Return to Real right here on KSL. I'm Dave Colley 
investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome back to Return to Real. I'm Neil Anderson. I'm here today with Dan John, and you need to look this guy up. DanJohnUniversity.com is where you'll find most of the stuff. This is a guy that couldn't walk through a fitness expo without getting mobbed, and if you're in my profession, you know him and you admire him, and I'm excited to be able to introduce him in this venue. We've been talking a lot about some fun stuff with what the state of the nation is right now, what's the state of the fitness nation. And I've enjoyed that that conversation. Thanks, Jan. There, Dan. That was uh, Dan John. That went together as Jan. It was weird. That was a, that was a, yeah. That was a, okay, let's move on. What's the ten thousand swing challenge? All right. Well, boy, you got hope you got time. About seven or eight years ago, I had a real long phone conversation with a magazine called Testosterone Nation. T Nation, you bet. I read it. Used to be known as Muscle Media Two Thousand. Good magazine and. Uh, they were angry in a sense that people were writing kettlebell articles when they said, according to them, this is them, I am the expert in kettlebells. And so I said, jeepers, I guess that would not happen quickly. Uh, and, they, and the publisher asked me to do something about a 10,000 swing challenge. And I feel bad for my friend Mike Warren Brown because it then became our job to figure out how you can do 10,000 kettlebell swings. Now, folks, if you don't know what a swing is, it – if you only did one kettlebell exercise, it would be the swing. Uh, kettlebell swings by themselves just might be, and I hate the sentence I'm about to say, but it might be the best exercise you can do. I hate what I just said. <laughs> of course. But if, if, you know, gun to my head, I had to pick one that does the most work, it would be the kettlebell swing. So the first day we go into the gym, we grab our 24-kilo bells, that's 53 pounds, and we, we swing a 1,000 times. Now it takes us a while. In then, one day. Yeah, so we figure okay, 10 days, 1,000 swings, 10,000. We get to 800 the next day, and I turn to Mike and say, Mike, I can't move. My lower back was so full of blood, so pumped up, that I couldn't keep going. So What about your hands? How did you hold on to it and weren't they calloused? And, and oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's if you want a good grip, if you want a good grip, good butt, good hamstrings, good lower back, here you go. So, we finally settled on a system of, of basically 500 swings a day for 20 days, and then uh, we did I did a total of 40,000 swings to write that first article because I kept trying to figure out how to make it best. So that article sat for about seven years, and then when the 
shutdown happened. Uh, by the way, it was the most discussed article in the history of testosterone nation. Uh, yeah, I, I caught that years ago. I caught that. I mean, I stumbled onto a forum that was about 70,000 deep at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So there was 80,000 unique posts about it uh, um, within like three or four days, which mm. does, I mean, like people posted on it, not mm. replies, but well, we, we've done a lot of it since then. And I had some other ideas. And when this whole thing exploded again, uh, probably the most, if you don't mind, one funny little thing, it's in the article, but it's absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> I said something about uh, my daughter's doing the 10,000 swing challenge and someone posted, well, you're a little late to the party. Which, I read that and I thought that was so, so funny. So what's funny about that is that, yeah. You I invented it. I with invented you. It. Yeah. So uh, this last week, Testosterone Nation came up with uh, – with my revised article, uh, I still stand by what I said in the first one, obviously, but the second one just gives you some more options to do the 10,000 swings. Now, ladies I saw and gentlemen, that. Now, what, just to break that down, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is it have, is the new article, the, the difference meaning you're doing some strength training in between it, your push and pull no, it, and squat and hinge? It's just other options. The original had up to 50 reps in sets. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize, and I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself and Mike on the back too much, but Mike's a big engine. Uh, we're both kettle, very good kettlebell instructors. We know how to do the thing. We know If I'm doing 500 swings in a workout, 485 of them are really, really good. I'll have a few that are excellent. You, you follow my point? Yeah, uh, sure. And I'll put the bell down. If I have a crappy rep, bell goes to the ground. Mm-hmm. But – most people don't have that, you know, you know what I'm saying? They don't have that quality for the 500. You can get away with a few bad reps, a handful, uh, maybe low double digit. But if you do 500 bad reps, you're not going to survive. No, there's, there's like four things in my gym that'll screw you up. And, um, you know, you got, you got the kettlebell swings, one of those that'll hurt so you back. The first option is what my daughter Lindsay does. She just does, one and she does as many as she feels like she picks up on that number say it's she goes to 14 she picks up on 15 and goes to 32 she picks up on 30 and then gets 500 swings that's option one which i think is probably the best for most people option two is what i love my favorite is i have 26 bells so we put 25 of them out there we do 20 uh do each one for 10 each bell for 10 twice and that you fly through and then the Third option is when you mix hypertrophy work, bodybuilding work with the, the, the swings. Yeah. I love that. I love the thought of it. And um, are you on it right now? Are you doing it? No, I have my own, I do my own thing. No, you've done your point. You've done your thing. I loved it. I stumbled onto it and I had to ask you about it. I loved your answers. Like when people were asking you questions, like what's the best way to do them? Like do them, just do them, start, get going. <laughs> Right, I love play. that. I love that. So many people in our industry try to complicate and overcomplicate. Neil, here's the thing. I've got a program called Mass Made Simple. It's a 14 workout, six weeks to build body mass. And I'll get e- emails. I still want to do triathlons. Can I do Mass Made Simple? Yeah. Well, did you do Mass Made Simple? No. You're just asking questions out of the – so with the most people, you'll answer almost every question yourself. I've had people tell me, 
when I got through on the 20th day, the 500th rep, all of a sudden I understood your frustration at questions. Yeah. Because every stupid question I had got answered by the repetition. Okay. You know, and uh, there's a life lesson there. You know, uh, I'm a big believer. uh, I don't know if you know this about me, Neil, but about once a year I go to a workshop and I take it. Um, You know, original strength, fit ranks, uh, kettlebell. I sit in the front rows of things. I liked, uh, I will, I never recommend yes or no on something unless I do it. And most people want to talk in the front about it. You know, I tell you, I don't know, you, you play football, right? American football? Yeah. Okay, kickoff team, to try to explain to somebody the fear of a kickoff team. You know, you're starting the game, you're nervous, but it's also a kickoff, which can be the most, it can kill you. Literally, you can die on a kickoff team. And to explain what that rush feels like, uh, you can't just raise your hand and say, so, no, no, you got to do it, man. You got to sprint down the field and get hit by really big people in the face, you know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love your advice on that. Let's go, let's keep moving. I want to I want to shotgun some of this stuff because I love it. Um, I'll do my best. Tell, talk to me about the magic of loaded carries. You were the first guy and about the only person I've ever heard talking about loaded carries because you say there are five main things, push-pull, squat, core, or let's not say core, hinge, um, and then loaded carry. Right. Push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded carry. So loaded carries are when you put a heavy uh, backpack on, drag a sled, push a car, or carry weights for time or distance, okay? So you can carry them like a bear would carry them. You can carry them like a farmer, farmer walks. All I know is this, is that every time I've had somebody do it, it's transformed their athletic career. Uh, Yes, people say, well, it's good for your grip. Yeah, it's good for your grip. Uh, Well, it's good for the – yeah, but what it is, is if you go back to the original weightlifter, the original progressive resistance guy, Milo or Milo, who picked up the bowl, he didn't do tricep extensions with the bowl. He carried the bowl. There is something about carrying things, walking under load, that builds a weird kind of total body strength that I'm just not sure you can get it doing anything else. Uh, it's weird because you can always go a little farther. And improvement is not is I wouldn't say it's exponential, but the improvement is shocking. Uh, I can give you uh, body weight in both hands. Uh, let's say, uh, yeah, let's, you put a trap bar, you pick up a trap bar, and you go for a walk with it with your body weight. The first time you might only get twenty five yards. The second time you might get a hundred. Well, what happened in those days? Well, yeah. you could say, well, I accommodated, I adapted, and I agree with you. But what you'll also notice in a few days is you'll be playing basketball with your friend and he'll push you and you won't notice it and you'll slam on top of his head. Uh, that's the kind of thing that happens. So to me, the magic, the magic of loaded carries is the magic of loaded carries. It just happens. And I love that's it. amazing stuff. I've never heard of it before. And because of that, I started it myself. Yeah. I started doing some loaded carries and I'm just playing with it. I don't really know what I'm doing with them but I picked up some heavy stuff I went the first time I bet went about 90 pounds I figured that's about enough and I put it on a hex bar and I carried it across the room and um by across the room I'll bet I took it 10 or 15 steps okay not far okay okay and I, I stopped I turned around I came back I couldn't believe the impact it had on my body the next day I really 
yeah. close attention to my body. I, I walked it back and forth five times. I kind of yeah. think that there's a magic in the number five. And I walked it back and forth five times. And I thought the next day I had been run over by a truck. Yeah. It was really impactful. Now, let's, let's, let's not say I, I wasn't injured by any means, but I was, I had cricks in my knees and I had yes, cricks and I had cricks in my back and my shoulders that I haven't experienced ever. And I work out daily. Well, Claude and Jack Gregory had a 56 Chevy. And I figured that's why I was such a great athlete because that thing would break down all the time and we'd have to push it. So, you know, uh, push it. If you, folks find a 56 Chevy, but really if you're a parent of a high school football player, Take them to a parking lot. We've got millions of them in the state not being used right now. We've got these massive buildings every, every quarter mile in our state called stake and ward houses, and they've got these huge parking lots. Have the kid push the car around the parking lot a few times. Uh, it's a great – it's the best workout you can do. You can easily social distance because you've got one person driving and one per- person pushing. Heck, you ought to just sell memberships to your gym and make a lot. Here, give me 20 bucks to push my car around. I've gas done pounds, it. Gas pounds would be great. There's, there's your money maker. How'd you get so much money? I have people push me around. Push my car? Yeah. Pushing my car. Um, who, are you, who are you listening to in fitness right now? Who are the voices – that you're paying attention to past or present. Yeah. More and more uh, modern is Phil Maffetone, M-A-F-F-E-T-O-N-E. I first read his work in 1986 and I thought he was uh, insightful, smart. He understood aerobics. His click, he's never deviated from this beautiful path. I wouldn't say he recommends eating paleo, but his two week induction was in uh, McDougal's book, book, natural born heroes. Um, he's every, if you ever use the 180 minus formula, that's Maffy Tone. Um, here's a weird thing. In the last few days, I deep dove into, uh, into the uh, work of Clarence Bass, who's also known as ripped, you know, he's the ripped guy. And I, I have four or five of his yes, books. That's old time. That's, that's from way he, back. But he's still with us. And, uh, I read, uh, I reread three of his middle books, uh, the books when he was in his late fifties, um, challenge, uh, challenge yourself, which I thought was a very interesting book. He's about he's younger than I am. Uh, it's interesting. He talks about doing the quick lifts again, the snatch and the clean and stuff. Um, it's interesting because his technique in the it are, is just terrible in the pictures of him cleaning. It's just horrible, and uh, I, I, I worried that you know. Uh, it, it, if you're going to do quick lifts as, a, as an adult, you, your technique has to be gorgeous. It just has to be masterful. Um, I, I did a really interesting thing uh, on this lecture. I think I told you. I, re- I reread Irving Dardick's book, Quantum Fitness. Matthew Tones, Everybody is an Athlete. Everyone is an Athlete. And Art Devaney's book, The Devaney Diet, or here in the States, it was called The New Evolution Diet. Um, I reread those, and then I did a, a lecture on comparing the three books. Uh, boy, I've been reading a couple of German books lately. Uh, somebody asked me about single leg Olympic lifting. So I went back to my, uh, it's, was it spirit? Yeah. Oh, Werf in Stoss, uh, th- uh, 
shot put discus hammer and javelin throw book in German. And I was looking up on the research they used on single leg stuff. And then I have a book called craft training in German where it's uh, a lot of single leg and interesting things. And I've come to the conclusion that I don't see any value in it at all. <laughs> the single leg Olympic lifts. It's like, man, the learning would just, the amount of time it would take you to master that your nervous system would be, a little angry with you, yeah. Yeah, when you think. So um, maybe a little esoteric uh, than, than most of your readership, but my family and I, uh, because of my daughter Lindsay, we're all rereading Harry Potter, uh, the first Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on what version you have. Uh, I've seen you do podcasts on some of these books where people mm-hmm. that are Harry Potter enthusiasts and – Lord of the Stone types of, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. T.H. Like, White, Sword of the Stone, yeah. Yeah, Sword of the Stone, yeah. Yeah. My, Why are you my, into my, that stuff? What's the thing? Is it just literature? Is it mind-body yeah. kind of stuff? My first published article was on uh, the poem Beowulf. My mm-hmm. first public talk was on King Arthur. Um, yeah, I'm a, I strive really hard to make sure I, I keep well-grounded in the classics, uh, I think you need to be a. I think you need to be a well-viewed person and a well-read person. Last night, my wife and I watched the 1965 How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, and uh, it is uh, Bob Fosse was the uh, uh, dance uh, choreographer. Uh, Robert Morse, who later became famous on Mad Men, um, it's just a marvelous show. I think, I think, I think who you, who you are is what you read, who you hang around with, and what you view. So I think you have to be a little bit um, – I wouldn't say you have to be, a, you know, like a, a barbarian at the gate or uh, you, you, you have to kick – you have to be a goalkeeper and kick away everything. But you have to be a little discerning about what you let hit your vision and hit your ears. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been reading a lot of Wayne Dyer recently, and that's one of the things he said. Yeah, Wayne Dyer, uh, uh, for those of you who might not remember, very – a very positive, insightful man. Uh, is he still with us? No. I, uh, sadly, he passed several years ago. Okay, yeah. he For a long time, almost every forward to a book was either Dr. George Sheehan, uh, who wrote On Running and Being, or Wayne Dyer. Those guys must have written more forwards. Um, I, one thing, if you don't mind me, uh, I just uh, wrote a forward to a book. Uh, it's Dave Draper's. Dave's not. Dave Draper was Mr. Universe. Uh, he was the big muscle guy that was in the Monkees. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in. Uh, he was in the Beverly Hillbillies. Well, he, he's struggling with a couple of things, and he and I was asked to write the forward, and the book is called uh, uh, "In the Rearview Mirror." And uh, I read that. I've read that book probably through three times now. Of course, he was very close to Sharon Tate, who of course was killed by he was the murdered man. by Manson. Yeah, and. Um, and the nice thing was he doesn't uh, he doesn't go into that. So, but uh, it's a lovely book, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to go check some of those out. Before I let you go, though, I have to find out what Tonic Thursdays are and why. Well, Tonic Thursday. So, Coach Mon at Utah State University had a thing called the 48 the two day lag rule or the 48 hour lag rule. Let's just go with two days, okay? Okay. You can train hard the day before a track meet, and it won't impact your performance. 
but two days will. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so at Utah State, Thursdays was basically my workout would be warm-up. And so I would warm up for the – if I was throwing the – say the, the – if I was doing all three, the shot put, discus, and hammer, then I would kind of come out, do a general warm-up, do a few discus th- uh, drills, maybe take one throw. Go to the shot put, kind of re-warm up, take one or two standing throws, done. Go to the hammer ring, do a few drills, let one hammer throw go, and go home. So we're talking about half an hour, not nothing. So this tradition started with me, this idea that um, since I used to mostly compete on Saturdays throughout the, my adult career, Highland games are on Saturdays, weightlifting meets are on Saturdays, track meets are on Saturdays that Thursday should always be an easy day. And tonic comes from the same root as tune, like you tune a violin or tune a guitar. And so what Thursday we try to do is tune up. We do mobility drills. We do flexibility drills. We stretch our toes, our, our fingers, our, our wrists, our ankles. We do the child's pose, the toe cracker, you know, the toe breaker pose. Um, we try to go through, we do a, lot, a fair amount of rolling on the ground on these different, very basic, simple rolls. And the idea is when you're done is to stand up and go, yeah, you know, I, I feel better than when I got here. And that's, and that's as simple as it can be. Historically, it's the most popular workout. And then what we did for years was Friday was the heavy carries day. Um, we've changed that now to a, well, yeah, it still is. I was just, I was about to say it's a rucking day now, and the difference between rucking and loaded carries is going to be hard for most people to see. But, uh, yeah, so the Tonic Thursday idea. So I think it's important, and I hope the listener would listen to this. I think it's a big mistake to always think of going to the gym as an opportunity to throw up and get sweaty and feel crappy. That has gotten so popular over the last 10 years. That's all anybody can think of. If I try to do tonic Thursdays, my people are a little more discerning too, but even they would be like, now we're going to work out. Right. And so what you need to do, and I think it's very important is to have, you know, you could over time, you're only going to be able to have at least one hard session a week. And truth, once you get the better and better and better you get, the only hard sessions you can have are competition. Uh, that's one of the hardest lessons to learn uh, as an athlete is if you're constant, you know, if you're constantly, you know, tink, you know, bang, 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 banging at ninety percent, you'll never get your hundred because there's no there's no ceiling to go to. You know, uh, I, I use the image of a rubber band. You got to let it go sometimes. And the tonic Thursday is a conscious reminder that I'm going to let it go. And I'm, I'm getting ready to let it go. And that's part of it. Part, and I, I think it's a beautiful idea. Uh, weirdest thing, though, Neil, is that it's also the day most people get the hungriest. I was, I was listening to that. What's your explanation for that? I think that mobility work, uh, going through a full range of motion, uh, flexibility work, that whole stretching yourself, I kind of just wonder – if that makes your body kind of go, okay, this is different. Let's, there's something coming around the pike here. Let's throw some more food down the barrel so we're ready for whatever it's about to hit us. And here's the funny thing. A heavy meal after a tonic workout is probably the meal that you're going to be using. The, the, that's 
the kindling and the firewood that you'll be using on Saturday's competition. Wow. If wow. You think, yeah. That's, that's interesting stuff, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, if you, if you ate lunch, I mean, if you ate a big brunch on Thursday and you, by law, had to fast until competition on Saturday, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I never thought that before. That's the first time I've said that out loud. Would you go as far as saying, you, Dan John, would you go as far as saying it might speed metabolism on Thursday to slow down a little bit? Yes. 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 Because we know that's true. Because the biggest mistake I think you can make uh, is when you talk about training, slide over to that Soviet top-down thing. I think the most important thing is that every listener has to understand that, gentle listener, you are the architect of your training. You are the architect of your body. You own it. And then once you get, okay, that's, so that'd be step one. Step two is to get rid of that idea that the bathtub model of nutrition is right. Uh, you, you, know, you, you have the faucet on and you have the drain and you want them to equal each other. It's, that's, that's just not elegant enough for, uh, for survival. So what you have to start thinking is, uh, and it sounds crazy, but it gets back to the mild, wild, and no. Um, sometimes you, the best thing you possibly do for your, yourself is to take a one-hour nap. Sometimes the best thing you can do to lose body fat is sleep 12 hours a night. I did that as an experiment years ago. Well, maybe another time we can talk about it. I lost 13 pounds in a week just by sleeping more. Well, yeah, of course you did. Of course, because you never crave carbohydrates. You never want them. You don't need them. And sometimes that craving is just the stress that your body can't offload. Exactly. So sometimes the worst thing you can do for your body composition is going to the gym and turn on turn on the burners. Because what's going to happen is that's just more stress, which is more cortisol, which is more spiraling downward. Uh, heck, it, I mean... I've heard people explain this, but that's the road to syndrome X. That's the road to the obesity, the diabetes, the high blood pressure, that, that whole multiple causation that we call now syndrome X. Yeah. 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 I have been enlightened. I yep. have been uplifted and I have been educated and I'm grateful to you, Dan John. If you are looking for Dan John, danjohnuniversity.com, that's the best place to find you. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, uh, during as long as the coronavirus is around, three months for twenty nine bucks gets you full access to. I think we have fifteen books up there for free now, wow. over a hundred articles. But the best thing is that little workout generator that it'll you can train at home, no equipment, no matter what you say, we can help you out. Okay, danjohnuniversity.com. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today, Dan. I love talking to you, buddy. Thank you so yeah, much. We'll do it again soon. Okay. All right, folks, you've been listening to Return to Real right here on KSL. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, 
but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.